Welcome to the Steelers by the Lake podcast. My name is James, joined once again by my co-host Cody. Cody, how are you doing on this fine Friday evening? Oh, James, it's Friday. It's the end of the week. That is about the only plus right now, and that's fine. Uh, it's, we're also going to have Steelers it. football this weekend, so that's exciting. Um, but James, how are you doing on this on this Friday? Man, I'm doing good. Playoff hopes are still intact, and we're only a couple of days away from the end of the regular season. It's a very clear, direct path that Pittsburgh has in order to get into the playoffs. We're going to talk about all that. We're going to talk about transactions. But before we get into any of that, Cody, we're going to talk about something a little more important than football. Okay, way more important than football. Way more let you important. Take- take point on this one here yeah way more important than football we want to talk about damar uh, hamlin from the buffalo bills we don't want to ignore this we realize that this happened monday night we realize that this is not pittsburgh steeler directly related uh but he is a pittsburgh native this is football related um and beyond football like we said it's it's more than football a a man was fighting for i don't even get me wrong a young a young man i a basically still a child let's be real yeah he's like Um, 24 24 he's fresh out of college still young youthful living his life i'm 30 you could argue that i'm still fresh whatever uh but like (laughs) so fresh and so so fresh the guy was literally (laughs) fighting for his life on the football field and he had the training staff there and props to them someone myself who almost became an athletic trainer and would have been doing roles obviously probably not on nfl field yet uh, but would have been doing very similar things that they were doing on the field to that he was resuscitated two times on the field, James. Uh, two times he yes. was dead, basically. Um, and that's scary. And you saw the reaction on TV on Monday night uh, from the Buffalo Bills player, from the Bengals players. Uh, you saw the emotion. The like they knew what was happening. And I loved the reporters and how they handled the situation. Um, I was actually, as a Christian man myself, I was very proud of ESPN. ESPN prayed on live TV which was crazy to me. Um, That's cool. Very cool. Like bowed his head, pray like just awesome. But the thing that was just, we need to wrap our heads around was I was so proud and and I don't care at the, at this point, I've seen many articles come out that said, Hey, the NFL still wanted them to warm up for five minutes and get going again. And then obviously the NFL executives are like, no, we never said that. I don't care. The fact that it got to that point and the coaches and whoever, stepped in and said, no, we're not playing this football game. I love that. Um, yeah. And and obviously things have gotten better. We were very concerned, still are concerned, longevity health-wise, uh, what's going to happen with this, how long his brain was without oxygen when he was getting resuscitated, all this and that. Um, but Damar Hamlin, the, the most recent update I've got, he is breathing on his own. The the tube is out of his, um, uh, out of his neck, out of his throat. Um, he's, he got, he got FaceTimed into a team meeting today. Last I checked, uh, and was doing, <laughs> he was doing things. He was flexing on his team, uh, having fun. All the things that the team said, they know about him. The coach did a press conference afterwards and said that at one point it was hard to hear him, but he said, I love you boys. He was doing the hand hearts, um, and all that stuff. And, and it was funny because after the, I also saw a report that came out. Once he finally came to and was able to not talk yet, but write stuff down, he asked who won the, the game, and the doctor yeah. said, you won. You won the game of life. Um, yeah. And and just, again, it's just a beautiful thing to see the sports world and everything come together around somebody. Again, he's from Pittsburgh. 
you saw the Buffalo Bills fan always start this. Whenever something happens to a player uh, and, and they're involved in the game, their community, their team, their fan base goes wild with whatever they can. And it's always a charity thing. Well, DeMar Hamlin had a toy drive running for $2,500 trying to raise a GoFundMe. And last I checked, James, last you checked, over $6 million. Um, yeah, incredible, incredible donations. The family of Bill's Mafia, once again, that's incredible. $6 million raised in a matter of a few days. Yeah. Uh, trying to show their support and love for this young man. Uh, also, I, I think it's, it's extreme. You already touched on it, but it's extremely important. There's not enough good things that can be said about, A, the Buffalo Bills medical staff. Oh, my gosh. Uh, like you said, there was a trainer. I mean, the guy is just an athletic trainer. He's out there performing CPR, saving Damar Hamlin's life, literally bringing him back to life on the field, on national television, for crying out loud. Didn't miss a beat. The medical staff did the perfect job. It's been said by many people that the way the NFL medical staff handled this on the field should be in textbooks as how perfectly things were handled uh, in order to save this young man's life. Uh, And then going beyond that, the Cincinnati medical staff at the hospital that he went to. Fantastic job. They've already got him off oxygen, like you said. He's moving his arms, his his legs. Uh, He seems to to be able to talk. He's getting motions out. Uh, Things are going back to normal for him already. Will he ever play again? Who knows? Uh, Maybe he will never play again. Some people are saying that. But the more important thing is they saved the man's life, and it looks like he's going to be able to have a fairly normal life for a normal human being again. Uh, and this is a lot. A lot can be said about that, too, as far as the Ryan Shazier situation when that happened. Yep. Same area, Cincinnati. went to the same hospital. These guys did an amazing job with Ryan, and he walks and leads a normal life now. He never was able to play again, but who cares about that? The guy walks uh, he was able to to go ahead and walk across the stage at the NFL draft four months after it happened. Yep. Uh, like there's some really excellent medical staff there in Cincinnati. Uh, and, and it's very important that people realize that. And as much as we give credit to the right people, uh, it's very important that those of those crazy fans that are out there that went after T, T. Higgins, Higgins on this. I was, uh, was going to hope and, we got to that. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting to that. Uh, there are some absolute morons and maniacs that are going after T. Higgins on social media trying to say that he attempted to kill the man. You should be absolutely ashamed of yourself, and I hope you delete your Twitter accounts. Yeah. Because that is just unacceptable. Yeah, we've seen that move a hundred times a day every Sunday. And it's never been classified as dirty, ever. Yeah. Both players get up and they're perfectly fine every time. You can see a clip earlier in that game of Stephon Diggs lowering his shoulder into a defender and getting extra Najee Harris does it every single play. Does it? Yeah, everyone does it. You're taught to do it from the time you're seven years old, Uh, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Uh, The only thing the NFL can probably do different is add extra chest protection to the to the shoulder pad. That's it to try to help out in that situation. Try to bring up some protection on the neck. But again. Again, yeah. here's the thing. Here's the medical side of this because we didn't get into this yet. I I went. Yeah. I was almost an athletic trainer myself. I spent time a, a, as an athletic trainer um, during an internship with a high school. So obviously not the same level as the NFL. But I was at. I was on the sidelines for football games. I was on the sideline for basketball games. I've I've seen injuries. I've seen freak accidents. All this stuff. Nothing like this. But let's clarify. The the hit itself wasn't even the problem. 
It was nope. when the hit occurred. It was a freak accident. And again, this isn't confirmed, but I'm siding on this right now. Um, there during your heartbeat, it's an electric rhythm, and there's a spot in there that you can get hit that basically just shuts your body down. And that's yeah. what they're assuming happened that put his body into cardiac arrest. And he had a heart attack on the field that was caused by the blunt force trauma, whatever you want to call it. But again, that was a football move. There was nothing dirty, nothing overly aggressive. It wasn't after the whistle. It wasn't a, like we've seen we've seen things happen past the whistle that we wouldn't classify as dirty. Oh, they're just getting tough. They're playing football, whatever. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're compassionate. They're competitive, whatever. T Higgins did absolutely nothing wrong. And I pray to God that he never has to deal with any kind of psychological or emotional or mental um, repercussions from the things that idiots have said online. Um, And it's just very unfortunate that that's the way it is. But again, on a a better note that we'll end this on, obviously DeMar's doing better. He's on the right path to recovery, whether that's full recovery, playing football or not. Um, I did see multiple posts online that I loved. And it's, it's, it was a whole lot of what you didn't see on TV, what you didn't, what they didn't televise um, yeah. during this was the bills and Bengals players or fans, excuse me, in the, in the stadium, hugging, crying together, getting emotional, praying together. This yeah. was a big moment and it was bigger than most people even realize. And I'm, and, and obviously from the religious standpoint, it's, it's cool to me to see people praying together like that, but just from a humanity standpoint, how often, just recent, uh, what, two weeks ago, we saw some lady Raider fan being a jerk to a, a Patriot fan in the stands because he was yeah. a Patriot fan in, in Las Vegas. Like, And now we get to see Bengals and Bills fans coming together because a player got hurt. Like, It's just awesome to see um, Bills fans went, or excuse me, Bengals fans showed up at the freaking hospital in support yeah. for him. Like, It's just awesome to see. And, and again, there's, there's good people all over the place and it really just, I haven't lost hope in humanity, but it just made me happy with humanity, uh, seeing and hearing all that. Last thing I want to say on this before we move on to actual Steelers news and the whole Steelers podcast that we are still going to do. Don't worry guys. Um, I, I saw the interview from Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Cincinnati Mm -hmm. Bengals, and they asked him, what was that interaction like? What happened? And he said that the first thing that came out of Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Buffalo Bills mouth Mm -hmm. was, I need to be there with Damar. I need to be there with him. I need to be there and support his family. And Zach Taylor said, that is everything. That is all I needed to hear. When he said that told me everything I needed to know about him as a human being and as a coach. And I said, yeah, we're not playing this game. Yep. I love Fantastic. that. I love it. Fantastic human beings on both sides. I'm Absolutely. happy. I'm happy. I wasn't, I'm happy. We didn't know that in the moment because I would have cried. Oh my God. Yeah, like I was, too. I was sad. Like it was heartbreaking to watch, but I didn't cry. Um, but had I known that like seeing people's reactions to sad things is what gets me. And that would just would have been yeah. too much. Um, no, yeah, I'm with you. on that. <laughs> but so yes, we are going to go into Steelers news. Now we just had to, to pay respects to, the 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 heroes on the field the heroes um of the coaches that are making a stand saying hey we're not playing all that stuff we just had to talk about that one last thing that i have yeah go ahead one last thing that i have i saw somebody post this and i think it would be awesome if they did it that the during the cincinnati game this or excuse me the bills game this week against the patriots i believe um 
that rather than doing player introductions, you introduce the the athletic and training staff and let them come run on. Oh, they should. Oh my gosh, they absolutely should. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. And speaking of showing appropriate respect, the Steelers are honoring Demar Hamlin this week. They're yep. actually putting his number on the thirty-yard line on both sides. Yep. Uh, so and DeMar every Hamlin team is honoring him on the field. Every team is honoring him on their jerseys this week, as well as a lot of teams have lit up their stadiums blue and red um, in yep. support of him as well. So that's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Just crazy to see the sports world, the the NFL world, come around a player like that. It's awesome. All right, now it's yeah, time to get into Steelers news. Um, on Wednesday, let's go, man. It's time. It's time. Let's refocus. Let's get our energy back. Um, <laughs> it's it's freaking Friday. Friday, Friday <laughs> We're ready for this. Friday, so, Friday. <laughs> you played it, right? Yeah, yeah. I did. Um, for those of you that don't know, any sounds that come on the podcast, James doesn't hear. We haven't figured this out yet, uh, but. It works. But uh, I know now because I listened back <laughs> to see where my mistakes are. So I know when he's playing certain things. It's like watching film, man. It's like watching film. Um, yeah, yeah on, absolutely. On Wednesday, William Jackson III, the player that we traded for, we talked about this in the last episode, the player that we pl- traded for from the Washington Commanders uh, did return to practice. <laughs> uh, did return to practice, which opens up the 21-day window that he has to come off the IR. I do not expect that to happen unless there's a potential playoff push. Um, yes, that's the only way that I see him coming off that. I don't see him coming off to play one game. That doesn't make any sense. Um, mm-hmm. that sure it has playoff implications, but still, um, in other I mean, news, I would do it if James Pierre didn't get out of concussion protocol, but he did. So also true. Um, Kenny Pickett, yeah. the rookie was named team rookie of the year. I'm not going to lie, James. I'm shocked. Did Don't you get me expected wrong. to be George Pickens? I did expect it to be George Pickens. Yeah. I did. I think if George would have had like six or seven touchdown catches, then yes. Uh, but he only ended the season with like two or three or oh, something. Oh, I know. But the oh, freak yeah. athlete that we've gotten to see, the, the, the is, things we've gotten to see, I don't know. I was. I, uh, you know what I love about this the most is that we can actually look at it and two guys that are probably pretty close to both being deserving. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty awesome. You know, we can even go as far as saying Jalen Warren had himself a, one heck of a season as an undrafted rookie. Yep. He would have been in contention with it. Yep. Uh, DeMarvin Leal made some plays here and there throughout the season. I'm not saying he would have been on a level of being no. recognized. Uh, but he, and then again, we look at Mark Robinson. Mark Robinson making some nice plays. Uh, Connor Hayward has made some nice impact in the game. Like there has been a really <laughs> good impact class, from this rookie this class. This rookie class has the chance to go down right now as one of the best rookie classes in Pittsburgh history. There's like maybe two yep. that that right now I can think of that were better than it. Obviously the one yeah. back that gave us all the Hall of Famers in the 70s. Um yep. and then the the And then going back to the TJ Watt class with Juju Smith-Schuster and James yep. Conner, that was three pro bowlers in the one class. We were looking at that and saying, "Holy crap, man, maybe we have a, another one where we're going to have a bunch of Hall of Famers." Uh but you know what, regardless of the fact that Conner moved on and Juju moved on, Connor got himself a, a second Pro Bowl since then, so he's yep. been in two now. Yeah, in uh, Juju's putting up solid numbers again this year in, in a system uh, so that he, does not always, you know, go towards the wide receiver. They have Travis Kelsey there. Kelsey, you are mistaken if Kelsey if you don't realize that Kelsey's the number one receiver as a tight end. Yeah, absolutely is. Um, so especially since Hill left. Yeah, exactly. So great job for again, great job for Kenny Pickett. Uh, the other thing that I want to say about Kenny Pickett. Um, yeah, tell me, tell me about him. Now I forgot what it was. I'm not gonna lie. 
Mm. I should have told you what it was because I just forgot. Yeah, I don't have a clue what it is. <laughs> I can't even help you out That's on this okay. one. We'll, uh, we'll move on and we'll talk about it. I know that um, obviously the one thing we didn't mention was Kenny actually played college ball with DeMar because DeMar was a pit Panther as well. Yeah. So there's that Absolutely. connection. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to lie. I don't remember what it was. That's fine. Let's move on. That's fine. We'll move on and it might dawn on you as we go. Uh, speaking of awards given out, Mason awarded the chief award by the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is an award given by the media for the player who works best and is friendliest and easiest to work with for the media. This has oftentimes been Cam Hayward. Uh, Mason Cole receives the award this year, so that's noteworthy there. Uh, also, Team MVP was handed out. I remember it was. Yes, do it, because I've got Team MVP written down, so okay. I can get back to that. Kenny Pickett, so Ben Roethlisberger was really hard on judging Kenny Pickett early on in the year and judging how he's playing. Ben Roethlisberger did come out and apologize for that, which was pretty yeah. cool. Um, and then I also want to give a shout out to my buddy Dylan Sonny, who sent me a, a thing the other day that was an apology. Uh, and maybe you've seen this already on social media. Maybe you haven't. It was an apology form that you could fill out for apologizing uh, to Kenny Pickett. And of course, I don't have it saved, um, but I can pull it up here in just a hot second. <laughs> Um, hey, do they have one for Mike Tomlin? There's a lot of people really bashing the living hell out of him in the first half of the year, and he's doing one hell of a job in the second half. He is. He is. And of course, I can't freaking find it now. Um, I know where it's at. I just have to go searching for it a little bit. But it was just well, funny to see. And I can keep on talking. You keep talking. It's not going to take me very long, but keep talking about this well, team. I'm MVP. sure you'll find out pretty fast. So team MVP, if you had to have one, guess who it was? It probably wouldn't take you long. Minka Fitzpatrick has won the team's MVP award. Uh, and very fitting because he single-handedly won multiple games for the Steelers yeah, this did. season, uh, which is incredible that a safety can win games by themselves. Uh, but he absolutely did so. He sealed the game this last week. Uh, he had an interception return for a touchdown week one. He blocked an extra point week one. Uh, he's had six interceptions on the season, which he's the first Pittsburgh Steeler to do that since Troy Polamalu. Uh, if he's actually tied for the NFL lead right now, so in interceptions, yep. uh, there's multiple guys with six. Uh, so if he can pull off more than uh, those other guys that have six this upcoming week, he could actually uh, be in sole possession, which he would be the First Pittsburgh Steeler to do that since Mel Blunt. Crazy. Crazy to see. Yeah, crazy. We're excited for that. So there's a Kenny Kenny Pickett apology form uh, online. It is to (laughs) Kenny Pickett from a blank. You can write your name in there, date it if you want. And the reason for behavior, there's you have seven options or six (laughs) options with a final check mark at the bottom. Uh, You only look at box scores. That's your first reason to apologize. Your first reason for behavior. Uh, You blamed Mm -hmm. him for awful play calling. That's your second option. You wanted to draft Malik Willis being your third option. Uh, you Ooh, made fun of him for small cool. hands as your fourth option. Uh, you're a Ravens, you're a Browns, or you're a Bengals fan. That is your fifth option. And then the last option you have, which James, shockingly enough, you can't, you, this doesn't, like, it doesn't qualify for either of us, uh, even though this is a fact. You're a Penn State or West Virginia fan, uh, West Virginia mm-hmm. University. So those are your five, or six, excuse me, six options that you were rude or aggressive towards Kenny. 
uh, and you can apologize now. And you can actually check at the bottom that you will hereby respect Kenny Pickett and will not talk down on Kenny Pickett. Uh, you can submit those wherever you dang well please, and you're good to go. <laughs> uh, that's fun, man. I like that. And even being a Penn State fan, as many of you know from uh, listening, uh, you haven't heard me bashing Kenny, man. I've, I've been a, bit, a Kenny backer the whole way through. Yep. I was very happy with the selection. I was terrified that Pittsburgh might possibly select Malik Willis, and I think his play on the field has proven that yep. uh, early on he's not ready yet. That doesn't mean that the young man will not turn into an excellent quarterback over the road. Uh, but early on, the fears for him were accuracy, and he was completing like 30% of his passes in his game. So uh, not quite at that Deshaun Watson 50%, which is somehow good according to some. Uh, but, yeah, not where you want your starting quarterback to be. So we're very, very proud, especially what he's turned around in the second half of this season, yeah, uh, those back-to-back game-winning drives really turn around the touchdown-interception ratio too. He uh, did. That's in the positive now. He did, and as I'd love to see, second half of the season. Yeah, and I'd love to see him throw more touchdowns next year. I'd love to see him get more guys. So let's let's talk about this real quick because we have one of these things written down. We don't have all of them. First off, nope. you just talked about potential. You know, having Juju Smith-Schuster drafting him potentially being a Hall of Famer. Juju Smith-Schuster will be available to potentially sign again this offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to be getting Calvin Austin the third next season. And then the Correct. Cowboys also just released previous uh, Steelers wide receiver, James Washington. I think we don't need to hit the draft this year. Just look into free agency and the guy that you have coming off of IR next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and Steven uh, Sims and showed you, a lot of production too in this, exactly. this last few games. So, you know, you got to think that the top four spots are probably concrete. Uh, Gunnar Olszewski, maybe you bring him back as a, a fifth. Miles Boykin has been an excellent special team. Take him to camp. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well take him to camp. He's only like 2 million or something. Yeah. I think Miles is a free agent, so they'd have to re-sign him. I wouldn't Uh, be surprised if they did. They do that. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly hope they do that just because regardless of his abilities as a wide receiver, he's an excellent, excellent gunner. Yeah. And then we, we we got to see great play out of James Washington. He just wasn't on the field enough to do it consistently to be really noticed for it. Um, yeah. And so I think, I think that if, if things go South with Deontay Johnson, you don't bring him back or whatever. He's coming back. Let's be real. Um, yeah, at least next at season, because he's under season. contract for one more year. Um, but you got to wonder again, we talked about this. We need a number three, we need a number three wide receiver mm-hmm. and, and all three of those guys that will be coming back are available. Calvin Austin, the third being available next year, uh, or coming back next year off of IR. Juju Smith-Schuster being available and James Washington. All three of those guys are probably phenomenal number threes. Juju's yeah. a great number two. So I think with that being said, I'm really excited to see what potentially could happen next year in the wide receiver room. Uh, yeah, yeah, lots of potential there. And and what if Pittsburgh goes back to the well? I mean, they're is for drafting guys in the second and third round at the wide receiver position and making it work. I don't want them to. I want them to prioritize other positions where I feel the needs greater than that, uh, but would not be surprised if if they went after it again and said, hey, here's a guy we thought was going to go in the first round. We're going to take him at the top of the second and, and start him. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but speaking of Hall of Fame wide receivers, uh, someone who should be a Hall of Fame wide receiver at this point, Heinz Ward. Um, and a future Hall of Famer, freaking better be, and future Hall of Famer James Harrison, uh, both did not make the finalist list this year for the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah. So neither of them will be going in this year. Very unfortunate. No Steelers on that list in the finalist, if I remember correctly. None. 
None. None. I want to say about four or five wide receivers, though. So hopefully one, maybe I. We need to, which would make it a lot easier for Hines in the future. Uh, also, three or four pass rushers. I think Demarcus Ware is on the list. Demarcus Ware is uh, on the list. Yeah, and then uh, Dwight Freeney as well. Yep. Wouldn't be surprised if one of the two of them made it either. Uh, so that would also make things a little easier for James Harrison in future years because they they like to spread it out on different positions. Yeah. Uh, so realistically, when you have too many guys all at the same position, only so many of them make it to be finalists. Uh, and then eventually, if you're a finalist long enough, you're probably going to make it in. So yeah. these guys got to make it to that final step of being a finalist first. I do believe James Harrison gets the finalist before Heinz Ward does, uh, even though Heinz has been going after it for longer. Uh, this was James's first year, so uh, not 100% surprised that he didn't get in right out of the gate, especially with only five Pro Bowls. A lot of times you're looking for that guy with seven or eight Pro Bowls before he gets in. But I think James Harrison's resume is a little bit more impressive than Hines's, and I think he'll probably uh, get that nod first. Just yeah. unfortunately, this is not the year for it. Yeah, yeah, very unfortunate. So with that being said, that's going to kind of wrap up the news side of it. We're obviously still going to talk news when we talk the injury report, which is what we're going into right now. Uh, but this is more focused on the next game, which is the last game of the regular season, Week 18 against the Cleveland Browns. So with that being said, James, you want me to do Pittsburgh, you to do Cleveland? Absolutely, man. All right, so we're going to start off right here. Deontay Johnson, wide receiver with a hip injury, didn't practice on Wednesday, full participation these last two days. I fully expect him to be a go. Uh, we also have free safety Trey Norwood with that hamstring injury, didn't participate Wednesday, limited on, on Thursday, and then didn't again on Friday, has been officially ruled out. Najee Harris with a resting uh, non-injury related, uh, didn't participate Wednesday, but then full the past two days. He's definitely a go. Arthur Mallette was out with an illness two days this week, fully participated today, more than likely a go. Minka Fitzpatrick with that ankle injury. We talked about that very easily tweakable. You could re-injure re re that or make it worse. Uh, he didn't participate Wednesday or Thursday. He is questionable. I do expect him to go for this game. Uh, James if Pierre, he if yeah. he can, oh, 100%. James Pierre, cornerback with that concussion. He's full participation all week. They just have him listed because I don't believe um, he's cleared concussion protocol, obviously, because he's practicing and everything. But I think they just still have him listed because of how he just came off of protocol. Uh, yeah, because he was in it earlier in the week. Yep. Still off the list. You got to list him. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. Interior linebacker, Miles Jack with the groin injury. Didn't participate two days. Limited on Friday. Questionable to go. Honestly, I'm okay if he doesn't go. Mark Robinson, let's run it. <laughs> yeah, right. let's run it uh you also have, the thing. he didn't play much last week anyway no, he didn't. so he didn't yeah um and i'd rather him be healthy if we have a playoff push so that i'm 100 percent in that corner i would rather they sit him this week whatever you were going to play him let devin bush play those snaps and go spillane and robinson heavy on the rundowns yep uh alex highsmith with the ankle injury no no designation on wednesday but limited thursday full friday he's a go uh, Kevin Dotson, shoulder injury, didn't participate on Wednesday. Full participation these last two days. I expect him to go. Cameron Hayward with the contusion to the birth certificate. He will be a go. And then Larry oh. <laughs> Larry Ogunjobi with the toe injury, didn't participate two days. Full participation today. I expect him to play. Yeah, so a couple of these guys, some nagging injury. Uh, this, this is oh, or wide receiver Deontay Johnson. There we go. We got just him back. trying to rest these nagging injuries. 
know that they're good to go on Sunday. So I don't expect that to limit either one of those guys. Uh, Miles in that groin, man, that's a tough one. That is a tough uh, and, one. Yeah, at least we know now Trey Norwood will be out, like you said. Um, I'm also with you on Minka, although he was only limited Friday and didn't participate the rest of the week. Yep. Uh, you got to think that if there's any way he can play, he's going to because the season's on the line. And he's yeah, the MVP. and, he's and if anything, out. if anything, they'll limit his snaps. They'll get him in a rotation with uh, mm-hmm. somebody else. KZ. KZ will get in there and he'll be yep. fine. Um, Which KZ is a better free safety than he is a strong anyway. So he's the best fit at that position. Uh, you want me to jump into the Browns on this part? Let's uh, full yeah. send, baby. Let's go. Let's go, baby. First off, uh, we've got uh, a bunch of guys that just got rest, aren't injured at all. And I am not going to talk about them. One that is worth noting that was put in here as rest, uh, but is not rest because they're just trying to make him healthy for the game. Jadavion Clowney. Uh, he came out with some comments very critical of the team earlier in the week. Uh, they told him just go home. They didn't let him practice. There's a decent chance that Jadavion Clowney will play this Sunday against Pittsburgh because the team is not happy with him. Miles Garrett's had some critical comments of the team this season as well. Uh, there seems to be some growing turmoil going on uh, inside Cleveland, especially in that defensive line room. Uh, so who knows what's happening there, but Clowney – uh, did miss practice due to attitude, nothing else. It has yep. everything to do with attitude. Uh, T tackle Jack Conklin, the right tackle, the guy that goes opposite TJ Watt, has missed practice uh, and has been ruled out for this Sunday's game. That's huge. Uh, that means TJ's got a decent chance of applying pressure. I would expect them to probably put a tight end and ship with a running back a large portion of the game. Uh, but that does mean those guys are less effective in the past game. So good to see you there. Amari uh, Cooper had a hip injury earlier, uh, but was uh, only resting, uh, not injury-related, they're calling it, uh, but a limited participant. Uh, Miles Garrett had a rest day. Uh, Mr. Johnson, the running back, limited with a shoulder. Uh, Ward. Mr. Ward, the cornerback with a shoulder, uh, has been ruled questionable. That's great. very important. That is He's great. A very talented corner. Yes, uh, very talented um, guard. D. Forbes, uh, personal reason, missed some practice earlier in the yep. in the week, uh, and then the center Ethan Pochick, who I think was the backup turn starter. I think he started against us earlier in the season when we played him yeah uh full participant on friday uh but was sick earlier in the week uh and then isaiah thomas ruled out also a defensive end might have been the guy that would have filled in for jadavion Clowney. so uh they might end up being real thin on the defensive end front so this might be one of those games where you line up and see where uh mr miles garrett's lined up at if he's on the right side you're on the left yep and honestly, right now, this team is very strong running to the left side. Uh, we've seen some excellent performances out of both Dan Moore and, and Kevin Dotson in mauling people. And right honestly, now. right now, I'm not even afraid to run towards Miles Garrett. He hasn't had a phenomenal year. He no, ha- he he's not in stellar performance mode. He's not in his best peak, you know, play. So I think and his, he's best going after the quarterback, not in yep. defending the run. I so think there's a very good chance we run play. all over this team. But let's talk about the team, shall we? Uh, offensively, go, Deshaun Watson will be the starter more than likely. 
Uh, hasn't had a phenomenal year so far. I believe he he has mediocre stats at best. Again, he started week 11. He has five touchdown passes, three interceptions, uh, not even 1,000 yards yet. I think his best game uh, was this past game, however, against the Commanders, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. So he was two touchdowns and three interceptions before last week. I'm not yep. overly concerned with him. Um, and he's about a 50% completion on the season, isn't he? Uh, something like that. I don't know exactly what it is, but he's doesn't around that, that area. It doesn't show me that. But again, yeah. with that being said, uh, I thought it would show me here. It doesn't. 78, actually. No, that's the rate. I don't know what the percentage is. Yeah, um, definitely I'm not, not 78. No. <laughs> he's been real low every week. I'm not. Last a week, he was only 50% in his completion percentage. Yeah. Uh, and if you saw the three touchdown passes, one of them was an out pattern to Amari Cooper where he broke a tackle, just a crappy job by the DB tackling him. And then nobody contested it, and he ran 40, 50 yards afterwards for an easy touchdown. The final one, completely broken coverage, just wide open guy standing in the end zone. All he had to do was not throw him. Let's clarify, those are the ways that we normally get scored on, so not exactly ideal. <laughs> yeah, and, but I'm, what I'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. in this is not, not that Deshaun Watson made amazing plays on these. Yep. He just threw a completable pass in a situation where somebody else either screwed up really badly uh, or made a nice play, and it really didn't have anything to do with the pass. Fair enough. Uh, running backs for this team, very, very talented running backs. You have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Uh, Dearness Johnson, the, the guys are stacked at running back position to say the least. Um, Absolutely. they don't even have a fullback listed, which I think is hysterical. They don't use one. It just doesn't happen. If they do use one, it happens to be another running back. Um, it's probably Harrison Bryant, the tight end. Yeah. Playing Har- fullback. If they use one. Exactly. Harrison Bryant, David and Joku are their two starting tight ends. Phenomenal tight end set there. Um, got to watch out for really both of them. And then you look at these wide receivers, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Amari Cooper, who is out with an injury, or he's, he, excuse me, he's questionable with an injury. Um, David Bell, Demetric Felton Jr. is very speedy. They have a talented wide receiver core, uh, and you can't just let them run all over or, you know, pass all over you. But again, if he's only completing 50%, we have a good chance of not allowing that to happen. Yeah, and most of these guys are just big physical dudes. Most of them don't have good speed. Amari Cooper, never known for good speed, but he's a big, strong dude. Same with Donovan Peoples-Jones and David Bell. Like you said, Felton is the the burner out of the group. But the rest of them, you just need to make sure you bring your shoulder pads and wrap up and get them to the ground because they're not typically getting a lot of rack yardage. Uh, So... The big thing with Amari Cooper is make sure you stick to him because this guy's been pushing off all season long and almost never getting called for it. Uh, So look for those subtle pushes down near the hips. Amari Cooper does that on almost all of his plays. Uh, Offensive line unit here is a very good run blocking unit. Not always good as far as their pass protection. Jedrick Wells, the left tackle, has shown a lot of kinks in his armor this season. Uh, Joel Petonio is on the wrong side of 30 these days. Ethan Pochich, uh, again, we saw him on that injury report. Uh, Right guard Wyatt Teller not looking like the unbeatable guy that he looked like a couple years ago. Uh, And then right tackle Jack Conklin has been ruled out for the game, uh, which his backup, you might have heard of him before, Chris Hubbard. Yep. A former Pittsburgh Steeler and someone that TJ Watt should be able to uh, dominate, let's be honest. Yeah, oh, uh, absolutely. So that's what you're looking at on that offensive 
Let's talk about this defensive front here, Cody. Yeah, defensive front, you're looking at Miles Garrett, who again has been up and down this year with playing well, not really playing well, talking bad about the team, this and that. Isaiah Thomas, his backup, if anything happens there, is already dealing with you know health injuries. Um, and then you have Jadavian Clowney on the other side, who's not probably not going to be playing. Let's be real. We kind of had that discussion a little bit. Uh, yep. And then the inside of the defensive line, Jordan Elliott and Taven Bryan. Those guys are pretty big. Perion Winfrey, a guy that you might have heard us talk about. He'll probably get some playing time. He was a guy we were looking at drafting. James and I had uh, talked about him a lot pre-draft. So... Uh, we're looking at not that. making and a big splash this season. Though. Not making I a splash was, at I all. It was be a lot more. Yeah. Same. Uh, and then you got these linebackers, James. You want to talk about these linebackers that I'm not too scared of right now. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't be. Uh, Dion Jones, the side or weak side uh, outside linebacker, uh, the Mike or middle linebacker being Reggie Ragland, and the Sam or strong side linebacker being Tony Fields, the second, not the first, uh, not a world-beating out uh, off ball linebacker group. Uh, you might have noticed that we did not talk about Jeremiah Sukaromoa. Uh, he's out with injury. So um, not even their starters in some of these positions. These are backups uh, due to other people being injured. Secondary, probably uh, a stronger suit for this guy, this group here, though. Yeah, absolutely. Denzel Ward, again, somebody we already listed out for the game, which is huge for Pittsburgh. Uh, Greg Newsom, the second, not the first, also, just to clarify. Uh, fairly good corner. You also like have Greedy, Greedy Williams, who is a fairly decent corner. Uh, Martin Emerson Jr., A.J. Green, not to be confused with the wide receiver who played for Cincinnati. Uh, the, the corners are fairly decent. Grant Delpin, uh, the strong safety, solid strong safety and solid free safety, and John Johnson, the third, not the second, not the first, just to clarify. Uh, but these guys are a fantastic secondary group. Uh, I can't wait to talk about our punter. <laughs> that we got to be a little concerned about. But go, let's go ahead and talk about the punter. Let's go ahead and talk about special yes. teams. Yes, there's special teams unit. Uh, first off, we got to go to the kicker, Cade York. Not been anywhere near as reliable thought to be coming out of college. Been missing a lot of kicks this season. Uh, could be something that impacts the game. Yeah. We'll he's, missed, he's missed eight so far this season. That's a lot. Some extra points I think he's missed as well this I season. I believe uh, so. so. I don't know. I don't have that number in front of me. Yeah. Not been anywhere near as accurate as he looked like he was going to be going into the season. Uh, the punter, Corey Borquez, Bajorquez, I don't know. It's a it's a big, big last name there. Uh, happens to be the holder too, Cody. I get to say it one more time for sure. That's oh, the last man. time I get to say it for sure. Uh, kick return man, Jerome Ford. Punt return, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And the long snapper, Charlie Hewlett. Because long snappers matter too. Um, yeah, as the Bengals. Yeah, exactly. But again, <laughs> so that's going to wrap up that. We are going to talk about now the big thing, our three keys to success. James, you're going to go first this week. That's right. I'm going first. And let me tell you what my keys to success are. Uh, number one, this isn't going to surprise anybody. One of the two of us seems to do it every single week. Establish the run game. Uh, let's get that run game going. It has had some good success the last few weeks. I think Pittsburgh uh, can continue that success against this Cleveland Brown front. I'm not scared of the linebacker group. Uh, and the edge unit could be weak and a little bit less motivated than normal. Uh, so let's run all over them this week. Number two, I'm secondary listening. prowess. Okay. 
I think Pittsburgh's secondary can really shine in this game. There's going to be some opportunity. Not the most accurate quarterback that they've gone against. He's really struggling to get that completion percentage above 50% in most games. Um, we got some ball hawks. They are leading the NFL in interceptions right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Uh, it's tie, last I heard. Uh, so they can definitely do this, or or maybe they're one. Somebody got like three interceptions last week and passed them by one. Yeah. Uh, but this group is really doing a great job ball hawking, uh, whether it be Cam Sutton, Levi Wallace, uh, or Minka Fitzpatrick really getting it. Um, let's see some more interceptions. I think the secondary is going to be key for Pittsburgh in this game. Uh, and then my third and final key to success. Pat Fryermuth, baby. Ooh. I think big game for Ooh. Pat. Uh, specifically going to Pat. Not going to go the whole tight end room. I'm going Pat Fryermuth. Hammer it to him all game long. I don't think these middle linebackers can handle him for a second. Uh, so it could be a real big game out of Pat. Uh, I think you might even see Pat get in the end zone again this week. I love that. James, I love I love those three keys. I love those three keys completely. I'm going to... <laughs> I'm gonna give you mine, and you're and and here's the thing: Let's you're go. not gonna hear the one. I'll get into it, but I have a clip that I'm gonna play to cut to kind of bring in the number <sighs> one goal. So here we go. Yeah. On me. Okay, Petey, don't you drift to the strong side. Coach, they're calling a holding penalty on me every time. Did I ask for you? Here it is. I gotta get to it real quick. <laughs> this has been dead no, the whole it's time. It's not dead. It's not dead. Okay, <laughs> good. Here we go, right here. No, I don't want them to gain. Another yard. You blitz all night. And if they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm going to take every last one of you out. You make sure they remember forever. The afternoon they played the Steelers. Uh, <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're going to talk about. You, I played the Remember the Titans clip. You blitz all night. Okay. I don't want them to gain another yard. I want to see us dominate the run game like we've seen we in granted last week didn't look super dominant against Baltimore, but compared to what Baltimore normally does to us, it was yes, very dominant. Was drastically uh, and, and then also how we handled the Detroit lot or not the Detroit Lions. Yeah, the Detroit Carolina Lions. Panthers. Carolina Panthers. Thank you. My I'm yeah. confusing my animals. Um, <laughs> but again, Pittsburgh needs to come out here. This team is very, very good at running the ball. Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. I want to see us dominate the defensive front. And I want us to blitz all night. I don't want them to gain another yard. I'm just so hyped for this defense to destroy Cleveland in our uh, last game of the season. So controlling the run is my first number one on defense. My number two out of three keys to success is control the ball on offense and have these sustained drives and get in the end zone. I think this is almost an identical key to success that I've had in the past. I want to see us dominate the run and I want to see us get it in the end zone. I want... James, look at me. Look me in the eyes. I want touchdowns, James. I want touchdowns. I, do. I want touchdowns. I don't want field goals. I don't want field goals that go, go boink off the freaking thing. I, Nobody does. But I want touchdowns, James. <laughs> I want to see us put 40 up. I want to see this team Ooh, take over. A 40-burger would be nice. 40-burger to end the year and have everyone in the NFL scared poopless to play us in the playoffs. Because I've already seen multiple people talk about it. Pittsburgh's getting hot. They're, what, 6-2 and two or something over the last eight games? Something like that. They're on a hot streak. We started off 2-6, and six, and everyone thought Mike Tomlin was going to get his first losing season. Here we are sitting at 8-8 eight and eight with the chance to have another winning season and potentially make the playoffs. And here's the thing. We didn't even get to the playoff implications yet. We didn't even talk about that. Nope. We forgot about that. We'll nope. get to that. 
But guess We're what? The NFL had a meeting today at noon with the with the higher ups, with the execs to go with the owners, excuse me, to go over potentially extending the playoffs to eight teams, which would increase Pittsburgh's chances. Uh, Absolutely. Right so, now they're sitting at number eight, I think. I think they are. And yeah. you could, again, it doesn't matter. Pittsburgh needs to win the game no matter what. But again, my number two key to success is control that ball and get in the end zone, put up 40 points. Here we go. And last thing, but not least, number three, do not allow Deshaun Watson to go out this year on a high note. Do not, I don't even care. Like, yes, I care. But the, the, the analyst in me, the podcaster in me, the professional in me is wants to talk football, not about the things that he was accused of. I don't want Deshaun Watson to have any momentum going into the Browns next year. As a rival of us, I want to keep him on the down low. That's, I want to keep him on the bottom of the AFC North, make sure that he's not getting any momentum going into this offseason. Uh, pick Let's them up. Pick them off three times. Wondering. Yeah. Let's have all their fan base wondering. I want to see that this is our year. I want to see that yeah. this is our year again, but I don't because <laughs> that'll mean he played well. Anyways, um, that's what I want. Those are my three keys to success, and I think that we can do it. Let's talk playoff implications really, really fast, and then we can end Very the show quick. again. This is a longer yeah. episode than normal. We had to do the beginning thing about Demar and and be. Uh, human about that for a moment yeah absolutely had to be respectful and make sure that man had his due uh pittsburgh in order to get in very simple number one win the game number two the buffalo bills need to beat the new england patriots number three the new york jets need to defeat the miami dolphins that's it those three things happen we're in buffalo has everything to play for right now so they definitely need that win to try to secure the number one seed Uh, the New York Jets are starting Joe Flacco, Cody informed me previously to the recording of this show. Yep. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are down to their number three quarterback, Skylar Thompson, a seventh-round rookie. That should mean that those two things have a decent chance of happening. Uh, so Pittsburgh needs to really take care of their own business because it would be yep. awful to see those two things happen and then Pittsburgh not take care of business. Yep. Apologize so, to my friend Sammy. Through. Apologize to my friend Sammy for rooting against your Patriots again. <laughs> uh, but last week, at least, we were rooting for him. Right? That's true. We were. And they did yeah. their job. So That's that right. was, that was fantastic. Job and we, we appreciate that, Sammy. Absolutely. So again, thank you guys so much for listening, for watching. Watching. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. Potentially some TikTok news coming up. Look out for that. Uh, and we are. We're working on it. So again, we're so excited for this week. Week 18. Another season almost in the books. Thank you guys so much for uh, this is James and Cody signing off. Peace.